Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We're four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. And a happy Wednesday, or whenever you're listening to this, welcome to Bama Geeks. We're excited to be with you. Thanks so much for downloading us. <laughs> Thank you for your download. I'm Brock. Hope you're doing well. And with me, the other three geekoids. Jessica Parker. Kevin Gardner. And it's Bo. This is going to be uh, kind of a sad beginning to the episode. We're going to get to that in a minute because... We lost a, a legend, an icon, as you see in the episode's title. We're going to be talking about and remembering Ivan Reitman, who is near and dear to all of our hearts, especially if you grew up in the 80s. Uh, so many great comedies, but we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. But we want to do some housekeeping items first. Of course, we'd like to invite you to find us on social media at Bama Geeks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Old people we're hip. TikTok. We're hip. We're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing the TikToking. I'm hip. I'm down. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, we're on TikTok. So if you want a good laugh at watching people with, you know, graying hair on TikTok, which I actually am surprised by the amount of people our age who are on there. Mm -hmm. It's it's just like, you know, people older than us ruin Facebook for a lot of people younger than us. <laughs> and so we intend to do the same things to TikTok. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, we watched the Super Bowl halftime show. And we saw people, you know, 10 years older than us and they're still cool. So, oh, I mean, you yes. know, awesome. maybe we can do a format, you know. Yeah. So, so, so warning youngins, Facebook is leaking. <laughs> All of us old people are coming to TikTok now. <laughs> don't worry. I won't come up with something new. <laughs> and don't worry. I won't show up hanging upside down or anything like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Like we let y'all have Snapchat, but TikTok is where it's at, apparently. So I'm not even going to try, you know, the, the kids call it the talk, like they call it the gram with Instagram. Uh, Boy, we're showing our age. I'm so sorry to my daughter. Oh my. Who, by no. the way, turned the age to get her driver's license. Yeah. Oh, wow. I am officially old and she is officially embarrassed. She saw the videos that I put up on the, on TikTok and she messaged me. She's like, dad, what are you doing? And I went, sorry, babe. Got to. 
Got to get the podcast out of there any way possible. If she's embarrassed, you're doing it right. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, and I mean, she's been on the podcast before and everybody here knows her. She's got the same sense of humor that we all got. Mm-hmm. You know, she 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 got it honest. That's but true. she's a teenager. Yes. So it's embarrassing, Dad. Yes. And well, Dad so, isn't out there doing any dances yet, so. Not yet. <laughs> and I won't. I'll leave that to Bo. Yeah, this entire segment, she is she is face palming. This entire segment, I can tell you. <laughs> that be that seems that's going to be like one of my my punishments for my son if he ever messes up or anything. It's not you know not going to be you know grounding to be there, but if it's really want to drive home embarrassment, mm-hmm. yeah, you know exactly. And and the beautiful <laughs> thing is is you know if you can ever film them doing embarrassing things, that's just fodder for later. You know mm-hmm. that that's I'm so thankful. That we grew up in the 80s, in the early 90s, where cameras were not common mm-hmm. and not filming your every move. Yeah. If you wanted to, yeah. uh, the, the camera came from the one your parents held in their hands that they videoed mm-hmm. you at the band concerts and the choir concerts and all the family gatherings. So, you know, it took a lot to put yeah. that tape in the VCR and, and watch it instead hey. of just pulling your phone out now these M- days. My parents had the one that sat on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actual full yeah. VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I and whenever you uh whenever you were a kid and you just went to a friend's house or or you just went out and just hung out somewhere, um your parents had no way to contact you. No. To like track you down. It mm-hmm. was just they just had to trust that their kids were good enough to know to come home. That's right. Or and they were. would have to go and actually physically find you. Because the street were, light, man, the street yeah. light. Exactly. It- and see, that's why we do so well being alone and being ignored in, in Generation X, because <laughs> right, we, t- we took care of ourselves. Our parents were at work and we had, you know, we were called latchkey kids for a reason. Mm-hmm. We had keys to the house and we went home and or played with friends. And yeah, that's why we're fiercely independent. My mom usually had to narrow me down to about two or three houses in my neighborhood to know where I was at. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so. See, and that was my problem growing up out in the country, 20 miles away from everybody. <laughs> I was like, I can't go anywhere. I'll walk down the road. I was kind of in the middle where you were at. I went out in the country, but I went in the suburbs either. It was kind of, you know, my friend, he lived probably 100 yards, walked through the woods, and we had a trail. We'd walk back and forth. That's how we hung out. Nice. Now, I'm not going to say there's not embarrassing videos of me as a teenager out there, because one of the things that we did when we got together was we broke out the video camera. We did music videos. We did, you know, little sketches. We did a little goofball stuff. Now, those VCR tapes, you know, there's no really way of watching those anymore, and they've gotten passed around and probably recorded over, and who knows where they've ended up at, but. I think Bo could actually help you with that. Let's just say, yeah, let's well, say that- if you ever decide that, I have my VCR sitting right beside me, <laughs> my Elgato that goes to my computer, so digitizing is not a problem. If I ever get my hands on some, can get my hands on some of them tapes again. It's on, man. Uh, I'm in the same boat because, like, uh, as I've got older, I've calmed down a lot in my older age. But my teenage years, I I did not care if you laughed at me if I did mm-hmm. something. It's probably super cringe now by today's standards, but I did goofy stuff. I didn't care. I was a, <laughs> I was a band nerd. I was in the, uh, Kevin and Brock will speak for you. I think everyone always talked about how weird the drummers were. I think the trombones were the weirder ones. Just, just my opinion. But, yeah. I mean, we were goofy. That's why they set us in the back. <laughs> yeah. We were the fun section. We were the, we were the fun uh-huh. uncles of the band. Exactly. Well, you know, the aspiring actress in me didn't didn't miss an opportunity to perform whenever the camera came on. So, yeah, yeah it, she she still doesn't miss an opportunity. <laughs> I've got great videos of her dancing around the house. 
Hey, and speaking of video, as we <laughs> continue to... No, uh, no, uh, we're, not, we're not off this subject yet. Oh, okay. You guys are talking about VHS tapes. Now, you guys can't see us, and, and I know what she's about to allude to, but right now, in my hand, oh, is a cassette tape. Yeah. It's a Walkman. It, it's, it's an updated version of the Walkman. Inside, and since you cannot see it right now, there it is, opening, tape coming out. I know that sound. Yep. <laughs> cassette oh, tape. Oh, the sound of my childhood. Uh, cassette tape. Right there, cassette tape. On this tape is one of my first air checks ever in radio. I was 17 years old. Oh, cool. The date on this is February 12th, 1994. Mm -hmm. My mom just, and there's a lot of real bad country music on here because I worked at a country <laughs> station and it's an AM station. So the quality is not that good. So if you stay, if you stay on our social media channels, I'll do you a solid. I will. And I've already got the file. I've already put this in the computer. 17-year-old <laughs> me doing an advertisement for the local grocery store, the IGA. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's right before Valentine's Day. And it's a cringy 17-year-old who was not dating anybody at the time, <laughs> making what he thought was funny remarks about Valentine's Day. You want to hear cringe? Social media. At Bama Geeks. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Might put it on TikTok. I don't know. I'll let you hear it. I will embarrass myself for your pleasure. Because that's just what we do. That's what we do. We're we're in our mid forties, early forties. We don't care anymore. <laughs> what have we got Bowie. to lose at this point? <laughs> if it's Bowie, it sounds to me like you're, you're going to need to the one up Brock there and like rip out some of your old tapes. <laughs> oh, see if you can find some of the crazy stuff you've done. <laughs> I have. Like I said, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I do have the video re recording of me being in Oklahoma. So. I want to see that. Yeah. We got we we got to share that, and I and I've got my VCR here too. My videotapes, home movies, and stuff are still across the state in storage. Hopefully, they're okay uh, in the storage building. And I'll you I'll, I'll you see should, what I can you find. Should, you should be all right because a couple of my tapes I had in storage they were in they were out of the out of the weather, but they were not climate controlled, and mm -hmm. some of them seem to have held up. And they've been in storage probably fifteen years or more. And okay. they've they're out. The tracking may be a little crazy, but you know. We have the technology now to help alleviate a little bit of that. So, yeah. Jess was about to head down the video route. So, go ahead, honey. So, as we continue to grow, we are venturing into the world of video versions of the podcast. It's going to be a point where you're going to actually see us in our little roundtable uh, sessions here that we record. We're working things out. We hope to very soon have that up and running for y'all. No, there's, there's not Maybe. very soon. It's going to be next episode. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there you that go. Soon. Whoa, that's whoa, soon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's because soon. Because we are almost a year into this podcast. Are, are, are you guys telling me that I, I, I'm going to have to wear something other than a wife beater? Yeah. On oh, I mean, sometimes. I'll put we real on, clothes on. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to sit around without a shirt and eat pancakes while we do this. It's okay. <laughs> But now people are going to see you do okay. that. Okay, okay, Brock. When we first started this thing, you told me that as as long as I did this, I was going to be able to sit around in a wife beater and eat pancakes while we did this. And now you're telling me that I can't do that. No, you can. I'm not. We're not that's saying totally you can. That's your discretion. You know, if we get demonetized on YouTube, that's a different story. But. <laughs> 
if you want some sexy Kevin. I may just pancakes. start saving that for TikTok and just do a TikTok video of me just sitting over the black theater on eating pancakes. All I can think about right now chair. is is Dave Chappelle and Prince with the pancakes. <laughs> Game blouses. <laughs> There's going to be a little caveat to getting the full video version of the podcast. My marketing research has led me to the shorter videos tend to get more views and, and fit into the YouTube algorithm a little bit better. And our purpose is to grow the podcast. Our purpose is to expand the audience. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to make the video version of the podcast available in clips on YouTube. So it won't be one continuous episode. Like on there right now, we've got just that. We've got a, a static picture with the long version audio, and that doesn't do too well with YouTube's algorithms. We have a two-week lull just because of work and life schedules, so our episodes release every other week. We're going to give you a little bit of enticement. We're going to put different clips, different segments over the course of those two weeks just to keep our YouTube content fresh and our other social media videos fresh. But as, as we alluded to with the full video versions of the podcast, those will be available Kind of differently, we are starting a Patreon, patreon.com slash Bama Geeks. That's where you're going to get the full video version of the podcast. We've got four tiers available for you, and you can go there and check all those out. The uh, tier number three is where you're going to get the where we described as where, where the syrup meets the pancakes. That's where you're going to get the full video version. That's where you're going to get some bonus audio content that we're going to sprinkle in in between the the weeks that we don't present the public podcast. We'll give you some extra content. Don't know what that's going to be. Don't know how many of us that'll be, but you can go on to Patreon and read, read all the uh, things you're going to get there. We've got a private discord, uh, the full length videos. Now the upper tier of Patreon, will go ahead and tell you probably about once a quarter, we'll hop on and do a live video chat with the upper tier members. And that's called the extra helpings tier. That's $20 a month. But you'll also get uh, some written content, written posts and stuff from from us at least once a month. And, you know, like Forrest Gump says, life is like a box of chocolates. You don't know who you're going to get on the bonus audio content in between the weeks because of our schedules. You don't know who you're going to hear from as far as a written piece every month. But it'll be one of us. Roll the dice. Hang out with us. But that's just some extra bonus content. Um, you do not have to subscribe to Patreon to continue getting the podcast by by no means. This version will always be available for you, whether you're a Patreon subscriber or not. But, um, you know, just to help cover the cost of some things associated with the podcast, we just we wanted to kind of grow that aspect of the community. And so if you want to help us out, if you enjoy what we're doing, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And. We're going to give you for the uh, tiers two through four, uh, we'll give you a shout out on the episode. And we published this first in the Bama Geeks front porch, which is our online community on Facebook. We, we let everybody on the front porch know first about the Patreon. And so we've got our very first patron. We want to get a, a shout out to a very good friend of the podcast, Darnay Olson. Woo! Yay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Darnay is a great friend to the podcast. Yes. We appreciate him very much. And he uh, he's lonely in the Discord channel right now. 
<laughs> so uh <laughs> pop in hey 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 go say hey i just logged in and i popped in and i said i'm here okay so he's not lonely anymore <laughs> darn it where are you kevin's waiting on you come chat patreon.com slash bama geeks we'll briefly mention it from here on out you know just as a refresher hey this is there for you if you want some extra content from all of us we'd love to give it to you we'd love to interact with you mm-hmm. go check out the tiers and uh, if you want to become a patron, we certainly appreciate it. And we'll uh, try to give you the best bang for your buck that we can. Yeah, Brock's put that together very well with the description of the tiers and starting from $1, like you said, all the way up to 20 So check it out. If you're so inclined, we do appreciate it, but not required. And we just want to make it clear. We're, we're going to continue doing this. No oh, yeah. yeah. We just with, with the whole Patreon thing, it's just a way to help support us and that way to offset any of the expenses that we have. And it, it's going to make it easier in the future for us to give you better, more complex and more awesome content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll eventually do live streams on YouTube. You know, those will be there for for good. You know, if we do a live stream on YouTube, that'll be public. That'll be free content for you. But if you want the full video version of the podcast, that's where you find it. Otherwise, we'll be releasing clips of certain segments, not the entire thing, but just to give you something fresh. During those two weeks that you don't hear from us too often, except on social media. Yeah. Well, uh, this was a rough week. Mm -hmm. We lost Ivan Reitman uh, as of as of the time this uh, hits your uh, podcast feeds. It'll be about a week and a half. We lost him the day before the Super Bowl. And uh, Ivan was incredibly influential to all of us. he touched, you know, comedies and all in the 1980s and 90s and, and, you know, well beyond. It was after the Super Bowl. We had just watched that awesome halftime show, you know, enjoying all the artists of our youth. And I was sitting there on, I was trying to finish a paper after the Super Bowl uh, for my master's program. And I just happened to look on online and saw that Ivan at 75 years old on that Saturday evening had passed away in his sleep. And, um, I don't know. I kind of let out of an audible gasp and went running back to the bedroom to tell Jess, I'm like, Hey, you're not going to believe this. Ivan's gone. <laughs> you know, I, we're, we're still on the high of Ghostbusters afterlife and how he got to make that yeah. with his son, Jason. And, um, I was laying there and I mean, I, I shot straight up out of bed and I looked at him. I said, please, can you repeat what you just what you just said to me? Because it, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Totally shocked. Yeah. How about you guys? What, where were you? It's, it's, it's kind of like a where were you mm-hmm. type moment for yeah. for us and who's involved with the Ghostbusters community so heavily. Uh, for me, I had just finished up working that day, so I'd come home and I was uh, I really hadn't got a chance to look because it all happened around the time of. I got off work seven that evening and got home and it was probably an hour or two after everybody else found out. But that was really like, it was kind of one of those things. Like I didn't like at first, uh, first I had to make sure it wasn't one of those, like, you know, those fake stories everybody likes to share because, mm-hmm. you know, every time I've seen Ivan over like the press junket with afterlife, you know, guy, I mean, he's an older guy, but well, you know, fit as a fiddle, you know, nothing going wrong. And then to hear him gone, it's, just, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's weird. Cause it's and now after Harold, it's the, 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 the the second biggest loss of, of like associated with Ghostbusters. Absolutely. I mean, I know he did more, more besides Ghostbusters, but I mean, like, except for that, that's that core thing I'll always associate him with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Kevin, how, how about you? Where, where were you when you heard the news? You know, I honestly don't remember what I was doing when I heard the news, but I do remember sitting down and then just like, it was basically the same reaction you had, Brock. It was just kind of like a, oh my God. And, and of course, you know, just with my mindset, I mean, I've made it fairly clear that, you know, if, if you took a poll of all four of us, I'm probably the least of the Ghostbusters fans here so far as actually getting into the, the fandom. I love the franchise, but, you know, Ivan Reitman touched way more, as Brock mm-hmm. said, way more than just Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he was, he was over the longest head and shoulders commercial of all time. Evolution. I- <laughs> the the Which, Ghostbusters, the third Ghostbusters movie, yeah, we always I'd thought say, yeah. we were getting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had such he had such a, a story legacy, and as it, 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 as you know, we were saying earlier, it was you look at him. Yeah, I mean, he's an older fellow, but it didn't look like it was going to be his time yet. You right. know Like he was, you you fully expect somebody like that with that sort of a legacy, kind of like Harold. You know, you, we, we all kind of expected him to be around a lot longer, you know, so it's when when things like this happen, you know, it's always a, a huge shock. So, I, yeah, I had the same reaction. And my first thought was, man, I bet my friends are upset mm-hmm. big time about this. It wasn't even my reaction. It was really weird because it wasn't even like it hit me really hard immediately. It did afterwards, but it was more than like, man, I'm, I know Brock and Jessica and, and Bo are probably like really upset about this right now. Yeah. And then it hit me after that. So, you know, when it when it comes to celebrity deaths, I mean, we, for the most part, we don't personally know these people. But this one was a gut punch because not only did he touch so much. I mean, but before we get into why it was a, a really big gut punch for me personally, let's just look back really quickly at the things like he was a director, he was a producer. I mean, you had Stripes, you know, back in the early 80s. You know, this was the movie before Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Meatballs. Yeah, Meatballs. Yeah, meatballs. He, he directed Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters music video. Um, and, of course, he was really big with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and Danny DeVito with Twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- in fact, they were getting ready to film the sequel to that. They were going to film Triplets. Mm-hmm. They, that was going to happen this year. And well, he he worked with Arnold three times with Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and uh, Junior. Yeah, yeah, and oh, Kindergarten Cop is such a yeah. classic. Yep, we we watched that the other day. It was yeah, on. it wasn't that long ago we watched. Yeah, it. yeah, and Arnold made a really good tribute to him too. So uh, definitely go if you get a chance go check out um, the post he made regarding Ivan. The thing the thing about Ivan is to me is you know everyone knows John Williams. John Williams, the, the the composer, any anything that he has music in, you can you can feel it. You know his signature. He it's like that's John Williams. Yeah. Superman. You know the the mm. you you knew John Williams. Ivan also has that touch. Like whenever yeah. he has a particular, he has a formula that he sticks with, mm-hmm. and it's in some professions that would be a bad thing, but he knew what made people laugh. He knew what made made a good movie, and he stuck with it. That's the reason if you go and you look through his filmography mm-hmm. and you look through like the stuff that we were mentioning, like Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, you know, um, uh, Evolution, all the way up to, to now, you can you can feel his presence in it, mm-hmm. like his formula, his setup. So it's, and, th- and there aren't a, a whole heck of a lot of 
of of you know directors and producers and whatnot that you can actually say that. Yeah, about. it's funny you kind of mention it that way because I would say that, of course, I have Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too, but I would say that my third favorite Ivan Reitman movie past those is Dave. Yeah, I mm-hmm. absolutely love that movie. And I remember the first time that I saw it, I had come into it just a little while after it started. I didn't see any, you know, thing like opening credits or anything like that. But I started watching this movie and I was like, oh, I love this movie. I mean, it's just it's something about it. It's just it's, it's endearing to me. And I love the story. And and then when I found out, oh, directed by Ivan Reitman. Well, that just makes sense to me why I enjoyed this movie so much. And I. <laughs> It's, I don't know. This may be <laughs> the best way that I can describe the Ivan Reitman's way of comedy. It's like a warm blanket of, mm-hmm. of comedy. Mm-hmm. It's very soothing. It's very comforting. Yeah, I agree. I, it's there's just a that's the best way I can describe it. It's a comforting feeling to me. Yeah, I agree. He was a producer on Animal House mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. which is a classic. Yeah. But uh, just look, glancing through his his filmography here, he was also a producer on Space Jam, which mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of us <laughs> yeah loved the original Space Jam. He was also a producer on Private Parts, which was mm-hmm. you know Howard Stern's movie about how he got into radio. Which me being an old radio guy, yeah, I'm not a fan of a lot of the content Howard did, but how he went about it and made his career was has always been utterly fascinating to me so and and howard this week on his radio show uh, you can find the clip on youtube uh on his official channel where he talked about ivan and how ivan how he went around trying to to, to shop his version uh, of private parts but then he just his agent went and met up with ivan and they got to talking and i was like well why don't you try it this way and then all of a sudden turned into that movie turned into a mega success mm-hmm. and Ivan's hands were all over that yeah. movie. So he's, he's had his hands on so much. And then just, you know, with Jason mm-hmm. being able yep. to, to, to be side by side with him making Ghostbusters afterlife. Yeah. It's kind of cathartic to me in a sense that, and I think back on that too, just that time, just in these last, what, two years of his life and the, mm. how it was spent with Jason involved in afterlife and him being there with Jason. And I think back on, I always look forward to whether it was the videos we saw from, you know, that came out of fan fest to all the other press junkets and interviews and the things that they did, the panel at New York comic con, anytime that Jason and Ivan were sitting together and they were talking about this movie I would just it it would just well up emotions in me to see this father and son and this this bond that they shared between them and the adoration that both of them had for each other and the respect that both of them had for each other for what they were putting together. You know, my heart goes out to Jason and to to Caroline and Catherine too, because you know I know the void that that is now a part of their lives, unfortunately. When you have a closeness with a parent like that and they finally pass away, it's there is this undescribable void that is a part of your life now. 
as you know, as sad as it is to talk about these things, it's just the truth of it. And I mm. said, you know, my heart goes out to his family. I, I just, I, I understand this pain. I know what this pain feels like. It was just sad to come off riding this high of an afterlife and the joy and the celebration that we were feeling as the community for this movie, for this to come about. It's just a. Yeah. And that leaves a lot of questions about, you know, the future of Ghostbusters. Jason Reitman and Gil Kennan had just signed a, a pretty good deal with Sony from what I understand. You know, Ivan was the, of course, the head of Ghost Corps, which was Sony's branch for Ghostbusters and, and carrying on that brand. And don't know the the deals that Jason and Gil have, have struck with Sony or whatever, but I would think now that Jason, along with, you know, I, I would think Jason, if he's so inclined, now becomes the patriarch of Ghostbusters and Ghost Corps. I mean, it's only... In my opinion, it's only fitting to go yeah, from yeah. father to son, especially with the love letter that Jason gave us mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. And of course, Eric Reich, who was Ivan's right-hand man there at Sony uh, for, for so long, you know, Eric's, I certainly hope, will have a, a massive part in Ghost Corps going forward because mm-hmm. he knows the ins and outs. You know, he, he was right beside Ivan. Years, yeah. Not with you. I'm glad that it, it, the good thing about it is, you know, which I'm glad. I'm glad this has happened after Afterlife got out there, so Ivan could see that yeah. this was what you know that it, see the effects of it. Because you know, there's sometimes you know a legacy sequel or whatever doesn't do well, but Afterlife struck a chord mm-hmm. and everybody. And which I think it's great now, especially now given the content of Afterlife, even more now dealing with someone you've lost. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 goes on. I mean, they're still part of you. And I'm I'm hoping that's what kind of like Jason does. Like he was so reluctant for so long to do anything Ghostbuster wise. And now that he's done it, and now I think maybe, you know, I hope like I said, if he if they I'm sure Sony's gonna want another after another movie, which I hope he does. But if not, you know, and this is something, you know, he doesn't want, you know, just wants that one thing to be special with it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I mean, you know, everybody everybody handles losing someone differently. Mm-hmm. I'd so. like to think that Ivan if you know ghostbusters obviously meant a lot to him um if anything he he passed on knowing that it was in good hands yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's the yeah. thing is he it's almost like he was like this is my baby mm-hmm. i'm at peace now because i know my son has it and i know that he'll take care of it so like you said bo if if he decides not to do anymore then we've got afterlife and that was that's our three right mm-hmm. there that's our that's our right. our trilogy we've got it now well that's the thing about it is like i said even though like i said it is you know you can tell you know with some of the stuff ivan had involved with it's jason's movie if you've seen any other jason's movies mm-hmm. watch afterlife there it's like you know like used to we were talking about earlier ivan's movie you can tell ivan's movie with jason's movie there's mm-hmm. a lot of influence from jason's other movies that you can tell so i mean it's a, it's a good hodgepodge it's something they work together yeah and and that's a cool thing. He uh, Jason has that now. You know that's and do what's best for him and his family. Mm-hmm. Well, we asked on the uh, the Bama Geeks front porch inside our uh, Facebook group. We asked our members in there if they had any words that they would like to pass on as well about Ivan and uh, one of our friends, Jack Hensley. He and I'll just read these verbatim. However, these guys wrote them. But Jack Hensley, he said, much like the passing of Harold Ramis, losing Ivan Reitman leaves a huge hole in my heart. This man's work has helped define who I am. 
It's crazy when you actually research the amount of hit films that he either produced or directed. We all know about Ghostbusters, Meatballs, Stripes, Animal House, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and Dave, but a lot of folks don't realize his involvement with other classics like Space Jam, Howard Stern's Private Parts, Old School, I Love You Man, and so many others. I thank God that he gave us Ivan. I will always regret that I never got to meet him, shake his hand, and thank him for sharing his work with all of us. The world will miss his genius. From one Ghostbuster to another, I'll see you on the other side. Rest peacefully. Very nice. So, very nice words from Jack Hensley. And then one of our members uh, inside Front Porch as well, uh, Mondane Designs. He's a look him up on YouTube. We're actually going to have Mondane on uh, an episode of the uh, the podcast very soon, but he also has some nice words. He said, long ago, I worked at Blockbuster and I ran through his entire catalog. This news is heartbreaking. I didn't know the man personally, but I will miss him. The joy his movies brought me was priceless, and I'm sad that we will not get to see another father-son collaboration. And I agree yeah. that that was magic with, with Jason. Complete magic. <laughs> and then our final comment from our Facebook group, Brandon Bodine who is the host of Radio Fear Macabre podcast. Definitely give that a listen for Brandon. Brandon actually came up with the Alabama Ghostbusters logo, did he not, Kev? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon said, um, growing up being a major movie lover and Ghostbusters being my favorite film, I'd spent a lot of years laughing at his work. Uh, me and my friends constantly quoted Junior and Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> who hasn't said, it's not a tumor, <laughs> in an Arnold voice. <laughs> Having an unhealthy obsession with the movie Evolution for a while, and I'm pretty sure my DVD player burned a hole in my copy of Stripes because I watched it too much when enlisting in the military. He was behind all these movies I loved. And though we rarely see him in his films, he's always felt. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that going forward, it'll be like that too. Yeah. With everything he's inspired. He wrote the book on how to have a healthy dose of both comedy and adventure in the same film with Ghostbusters and with all these movies like the ones in the MCU that's massively popular right now. We know they wouldn't be the same had Ivan Reitman not created the legacy that he did. Not seen, but felt, and in that sense, he lives on. Very nice. So we really appreciate uh, everybody in, in the Front Porch group uh, contributing those kind words about Ivan. Mm-hmm. And I, I said a few minutes ago that, you know, when a person in the entertainment industry passes away, a celebrity passes away, we really don't know that person. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity and the pleasure of spending some time with Ivan in 2016. Uh, Sony blew me out. I was one of a handful of people that, that was flown out to Sony Studios for the trailer premiere of Ghostbusters Answer the Call, Paul Feig's movie. And so we flew out there. It was in March of 2016. And we got there that morning uh, onto the lot, and Ivan was one of the first people to greet us. And a lot of people had driven to the event as well. So there's a lot of people he was interacting with. So my interaction with him was he came around, we were all standing outside of Ghost Corps, and uh, you know, we were all patiently waiting to meet him. Everybody wanted to meet Ivan. <laughs> and so 
Ivan came over to me and I got to to talk to him for a few minutes and thank him for all the work that he had done. Because growing up in the 80s, like we said, you, you grew up with an Ivan Reitman film somewhere in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Multiple yes, Ivan multiple. Reitman films. <laughs> so I talked to him about that and thanked him. And he was as gracious as he could be and gave him an Alabama Ghostbusters patch and an honorary member certificate. Got my picture made with him. And he was so nice. After everybody got the chance to kind of hang around in the crowd and meet with him, he started calling everybody up. He he stood on the top of the steps uh, on the building that was across from the original Ecto and the answer the call Ecto and across from Ghost Corps. He was standing on top of the steps and he called every, you know, he, he had a stack of certificates that made all these franchises official Ghost Corps franchises which was something that we never thought would happen because, you know, everybody, all of us Ghostbusters fan groups, we had our own patches of stuff when we were always like, is Sony going to give us a cease and desist for taking their logo? <laughs> you know, Michael Gross made the logo and it's an iconic logo, but we all altered the logo into our group patches. Well, Sony thankfully embraced <laughs> it and the Alabama Ghostbusters patch, along with a whole bunch of other patches, are are on the wall in the Ghost Corps conference room mm-hmm. because Eric Reich put them in the cases. Uh, I was there when he did it. I've got a picture in front of with Eric and in, in, in front of all those patches. But Ivan stood on top of the steps and he called everybody up and he had these certificates making us official franchises of Ghost Corps. They embraced the fans. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't say stop misusing our stuff or anything like that. As long as you treated them with respect, you know, they did the same. And so yeah. the Alabama Ghostbusters, along with a lot of other franchises, yeah. are official Ghost Corps franchises. Now, do you guys remember, this is a bit of a stretch, but do you remember the year um, on the Alabama Ghostbusters website that we, that I snuck in a um, mm. April Fool's joke? About us having a cease and desist. Yeah. Yeah. Down. I remember and that. that went one. viral all over the internet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, we were all, yeah, so Sony was, we never knew what Sony was going to do because obviously they, you know, they're, they're, they're behind three levels of lawyers and you never quite know what a, an executive is going to do. So, mm-hmm. so them actually officially going, yeah, yeah, the whole mention of franchises, you know, the franchise rights are going to make us rich. You know, the whole thing. Yeah, that's a legit thing. We're actually going to um, we're going to recognize that. So that was actually really cool. Yeah. And so Ivan gave us certificates. They were all hand signed by Ivan. So if you've got one of those certificates, hang on to it. But he also gave us like Ghost Corps cadet pins that a lot of us wear on our uh, on our flight suits. The real fun. And here's here's my, my fun Ivan story. Is after all that, we got to see the trailer and we got to hang out with Paul Feig a little bit. And Katie Dippled, who helped on the movie and stuff on Answer the Call. After all that, we got to eat lunch right there uh, across from the theater. And Ivan comes in and he takes a few minutes at every table with the people sitting around. And so we're watching him move around the room and I'm like, oh my goodness, he's going to come sit with us. This is going to be fantastic. (laughs) So eventually after we're all finished eating and everything, Ivan comes over, he sits down and he's just chatting with everybody, you know, where you're from. And I'm going to tell the story, but I'm not going to reveal the name. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy sitting at our table 
Uh, He's probably not listening, so it's okay. Uh, you never know. But there's a guy sitting at our table who was really hamming it up and sneaking selfies around. And, and during this time, during lunch, everybody's got their phone away. Everybody is, you know, they didn't tell us to, but we've all got our phones away because we want to spend time. We want to have that quality moment with Ivan Reitman. Mm-hmm. So Ivan's sitting there and this guy turns around and starts doing peace signs and stuff with this camera. And he's got Ivan in the, the background of his shot. And Ivan just kind of stops telling <laughs> the stories that he's telling and just kind of cuts him a look like, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, it's it was it was kind of a reprimanding look for my <laughs> But once he once the guy stopped taking pictures, then he turned back around and Ivan started talking again. But he opened up the opportunity to ask him questions. I I don't remember every question that was asked as we were sitting there, but somebody asked him the one question I will never forget. <laughs> Why did Peter Vankman have 300 cc's of thorazine when he went to dana's apartment for that date (laughs) and ivan got this look on his face and this big grin and he goes well if you know bill murray you know why (laughs) and that was it the whole table erupted and with that ivan laughed and said it's so wonderful to meet you guys thank you so much for coming out and he moved on to the next table so that was just ivan just being just being funny and being <laughs> candid with all of us and it was so much fun yeah and so i am forever grateful that that i got to spend those few minutes with him and we know a lot of our friends got to meet him mm-hmm. you know throughout the ghostbusters afterlife through that premiere and everything we were not able to go to to new york for that and get this i wasn't able to ever see him again but i will always cherish those few moments i had with him out and and uh at sony in 2016 that was an, an amazing time and i'm very grateful for Every person that I've ever talked to or heard stories about, and your story included, that anytime they had the opportunity to meet him, he was just just a very gracious, very kind man and, and enjoyed talking to the people that his movies meant a lot to. Even, you know, his personal story is, is fascinating in itself, where he came from and this family's history and how they came to Canada and so, you know, we won't go into all that. But if you get a chance to really look into to his backstory, and especially his family story. and Ivan comes from a family of survivors. Yeah. You know, in Jason's post, and just plain and simple, you know, please enjoy his movies and remember his storytelling gifts. And that is one of the best things that, that we can do as the fans, I feel. Well, that's our uh, remembering Ivan. Godspeed, Ivan. That, uh, mm-hmm. that Thank you for all the years of laughs. and. And entertainment. Nobody will ever replace him, that's for sure. Well, uh, not to stay down, uh, but uh, Kevin uh, brought to our attention uh, another uh, unfortunate passing. Yeah, uh, Tom Veach. He uh, was one, he was a very influential uh, author uh, in the comic series for Star Wars. He did a lot of the original expanding universe stuff. He died. Um, he was 80 years old. Um, he, uh, th- this guy was huge. Like Timothy Zahn is, um, you know, Timothy Zahn is an author that's known for having established a lot of the expanded universe, which unfortunately now a lot of that stuff is, uh, you know, legends now, but you see that Disney and Disney plus in, the, in their series, they're, they're, they're pulling a lot of the characters and a lot of the, 
the scenarios out of expanding universe and uh, Tom Vichy was was responsible for um, Dark Empire, uh, the the series, and then the Tales of the Jedi. And Tales of the Jedi were some of the the best stories that just kind of get you like really into it. So, um, yeah, he was incredibly influential in Star Wars. You know, no, 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 nowhere near the uh, the, the the shining light uh, of of Ivan to all of us, I believe. But uh, he he had his place in Star Wars as well. There, so. Yeah. Well, just relaying his importance, relaying that on the level of Timothy Zahn, that that's huge in that mm-hmm. in that realm. Yeah, I, I think he kind of, unlike Timothy Zahn, who they you know Disney obviously has, is continuing their relationship with him in um, you know Lucasfilm and uh, and having him bring Grand Admiral Thrawn into Rebels, and then now having him become the um, the villain for the Ahsoka series coming up. You know, Timothy Zahn's obviously still in the in the mix, and he still goes to conventions. And you you still just about count on seeing him. Just about at least one a convention a year, you're gonna run you're gonna run across him. He's an awesome guy. He's a dragon Tom, con quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Tom just kind of, um, I guess, just because of his age, he just kind of, or he just didn't want to do that. He just didn't really uh, engage that much uh, after um, what he did with uh, with Star Wars with expanding universe. He did some other stuff as well. But the most notable stuff that I saw, uh, at the very least from when the realm that I know, was um, how he established a lot of uh, expanding universe along mm-hmm. with Timothy Zahn. So, unfortunate right. passing. Yeah. A great legacy, though. Yeah. It's always good when you can can leave behind things that people will remember you forever mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, I don't know how to segue out of this. And some things we thought were gone forever, we will now have something that has come back. Oh, oh man, that is that is the segue, guys. There that you go. Right bring it, Bo. Bring yeah, that thank segue. You, Bo. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move on to some of the lighter to not some of the lighter portion of the podcast. Um, boy, I tell you, yeah, back from back from obscurity, not not so much obscurity, but back from physical non. I guess yeah. yeah. It's a physical you can say rebirth. obscurity. I yeah. mean, you can say you can say obscurity. I think that's okay. Um, <laughs> well, back back from a physical rebirth, we are going to get all new, and this is right up Kevin's alley. All electric DeLoreans. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, they dropped an ad on Twitter. I believe it was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we're back," and it was just a silhouette of the Goldwing doors going up. Announcing all electric DeLoreans coming into production. Well, they've talked about this for a long time, and I was always one of those things like it was never going. It was they talked about it, but it never mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the the whole the whole picture of the silhouette it's not new. That wasn't a new thing that they okay. they actually released that a, a little while back. But now I believe the change here is that instead of like this is cool, no, no, this is actually going to happen now. We actually mm-hmm. have. That we have the plant, we're getting ready to open it. We've got the backers, we've got the technology, and obviously, so far as as where cars are going in general, yeah, there it's not just going to be a fashionable thing. This mm-hmm. is this could potentially be a a true production model car that people would buy, not just because they want to say that they own a DeLorean. They'll they could actually buy this as like a a legitimate 
order it online and then go pick it up like you would a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge deal. So that, yeah, they have been talking about this for quite a while of uh, doing it, but this is more than anything. They're dropping this out there because it's going to be a reality now. Yeah. It's, and you don't have to have, deal. you don't have to have Mr. Fusion to power it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are these seasons going to run off 1.21 gigawatts? That's what I want to know. Come on, let's get the back to the future lines going here, guys. You know, we're, you know, where we're <laughs> headed with <laughs> this. Well, let me think though, your, your, char- your home charger should have the Mr. Fusion logo for your DeLorean. It has to. Yeah. If you buy one of these, if, if you, you don't, don't have... I will be disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You've got to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if they get about halfway through the, the process here and they're like, all right, we, we want to get, we want to get people really hyped about this. They should re- go ahead and just release some standard chargers that are like Mr. Fusion that you could just install on your wall that it's like a Mr. Fusion. And yeah, and I'm sure they can work out the rights for that. And I think mm-hmm. it would be fine. Or, or flux capacitors. I mean, it's, it's the flux capacitor fluxing. And could you imagine when these things come out? Um, I mean, you guys, have, I mean, most of everybody on here has been in my car and you've seen mm-hmm. The, the j- just all of the Easter eggs that you that, that you've got, and you can do all the little things. Could you imagine what a DeLorean's going to have? Could Hopefully, a vial of plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> well, nah. <I> <laughs> nah, just pinball parts. <laughs> <laughs> Plutonium's supposed to be available on every you know corner exactly. store. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you guys haven't seen that image yet, I would definitely look it up. It's um, it's really cool. It's it, it's. It's, I, I mean, I don't expect everyone to have like followed like uh, the, the the initial launch of the Model S when they were um, converting over Lotuses, uh, not the Model S, excuse me, the uh, uh, the original Roadster when they were converting over Lotuses. But back in the day, they were Tesla did the same thing. They were doing like silhouettes, and then whenever they would do, they were talking about their first big production car was the Model S, and they were doing that. They would like release the silhouette. They did the same thing with the Model Three, which is going to be the affordable Tesla. So th- this whole thing about releasing a silhouette of the car, especially in the EV community, is a pretty standard thing. So that generally means, at the very least, with you know with the big dog Tesla, that this is officially now a thing. It's not just like it's it's not it's not a fantasy. It's going to be a reality. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it's it's going to be it's going to be a huge deal. And just the fact that it's going to bring a lot of jobs mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to to you know. To, and then they'll be able to. We will actually have a new DeLorean, guys. Yeah, yeah. a new. It's not going to be like the you know just the old eighty shells. They're just going to drop um, EV conversions in, which they have been doing that for a little bit now. It's yeah. actually going to be a new car. And I'm looking forward to. We've got some some friends, Oliver and Terry Holler, who do a lot for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Their DeLorean, <laughs> which is is a replica time machine has been all over the world. Mm-hmm. They have hauled that thing everywhere. They've driven it everywhere. You know, we got to spend some time with them last summer when we were on vacation in South Carolina. Jessica finally got to see the car in person, but yeah. like we, the, the other three of us have known Oliver and Terry for years. Mm-hmm. Wondering if they're going to get one. I mean, if anything for the, like, you know, for like the fans with the patches, I mean, they have been the biggest advertisement mm-hmm. for, yeah, or the DeLoreans for you know at least well over well over at least thirty years I know of if more right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So with with the talk of the DeLorean, the talk of Back to the Future, we're going to have somebody on the podcast for the first episode in April. Right now, that's on the schedule. Uh, it looks like it's going to work out. 
We'll tell you more as we get closer, but we've got a very good friend of ours that uh, is based in Alabama and is strongly tied with the subject matter we're talking about. And I'm looking forward to hearing his take on the electric DeLoreans as well as his history with the future. Mm -hmm. So we'll just leave that little tease right there. We got, it's a really special episode. <laughs> How does Alabama tie into such a, a, a historic franchise? So we'll tell you more later, but that's just a hint of what's coming. Stay tuned. Very soon. Well, Bo and Jess. Yes. It's been a while since we've talked some athletic theater. Wrestling. <laughs> Layeth the smacketh down. What's happening in the world of wrestling? Finally, the. Uh, <laughs> no, well, hang on. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> No, not not that guy. Nothing to do with that guy. Although he did have a pretty awesome, you know, uh, showing at the Super Bowl last week. But uh, the Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame this year. Very well deserved for that yeah. gentleman. I knew that was going to be, like, I guess, a first ballot vote in thing for sure. Absolutely. Especially with this year with WrestleMania being in, in Dallas. I yeah. Mean, he is from Texas. Yeah. Yes. It's, not, it's not a long trip for him. Very no. fitting. Very fitting. <laughs> And especially, you know, it just goes back to the whole retirement in 2020. Yeah. Golly, that man deserves so much more. Dang it, COVID. Hey, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he deserved a much better farewell, which I think this is going to be it. I mean, yeah. you know, guy, the guy's been part of the, I mean, part of a part of wrestling, you know, 30, well, he's, you know, 30, mm. 40 years. I mean, yeah. the guy's, he's one of those things, even somebody who hasn't really paid much attention to wrestling over the last 34 years. Undertaker's one of those guys like, oh yeah, I know him. He's, you know the Undertaker. Yeah. The Undertaker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's one of those personalities that has, has bled over into pop culture mm -hmm. and you know him no matter what. If yeah. you're a wrestling fan or not, you know the Undertaker. Yeah. And the and the great thing about the guy, like he, he you know, he was, you know, introduced as like, you know, just this mysterious. From Death Valley. Yeah, Death Valley. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, and like, and it grew and changed. Like, it's still, even, you know, time progressed on. He was still, you know, one of those characters like, yeah, that guy's yeah. awesome. I still like him no matter what. He hasn't, his character hasn't got cheesy or whatever. He just, he was just, it was certain. Mm -hmm. Even the, you know, the, the changes and the progression of the character and the different. Well, that kept it fresh. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he lived that, he was so devoted to that character. He yes. lived that character. And just to see, you know, when when the documentary, the last Rod documentary came out to finally, you know, see the side of this man yep. that, you know, he's kept he's kept at bay because of the the respect and the love that he has for that mm -hmm. character that's done so much for him in his life. I'm looking forward to this. I, I This is like some of the <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot to look forward to in the sense of WWE in quite some time, but but. This is a, cause he's, yeah. he's one of my top three. He's oh, of course, yeah, you know, as, and I, I've got my top three. Of course, we all <laughs> probably goes without saying who numero uno is, but anyway, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. Yeah, that's, that's for me. <laughs> um, but I would say I'd probably say Undertaker is my number three. My number two is the subject of the next topic. That, uh, but if you don't know her number one, it's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> pre, <laughs> pre 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 haircut. 
Maybe think like uh, before we move on to the next topic. The biggest thing, like one thing I like when they always do these guys, these being put in the Hall of Fame. Also, one of the big guessing game I look forward to is who's going to yeah. induct him. Who's going to induct like him? like his list of like with the on top of his long career, he's had guys. He's you know he's got so much history mm-hmm. established with them in general. Of course, you know probably you know I don't know. Everyone would probably want it to be Kane, his yeah. his brother in wrestling. I don't know. Like I said, it, it came, but then also you've got McFoley, mm-hmm. you've got Hunter, or even Vince himself. Yeah, but Vince doesn't. Vince keeps himself out of the limelight with the Hall of Famers. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh. But like, but like him and Vince are like they, very like. I would say his real name, Mark Mark Calloway. Mm-hmm. I believe Mark what? might be. Yes, <laughs> I would. I would believe the Undertaker would be probably the closest thing to like his son in the sport. Yeah. I guess or, yeah. or his brother yeah. in the sport. Like you know, like he he might step out for this just because how much he uh that the undertaker has done for him i mean even that the the last ride documentary vince couldn't talk at one point about what he thought of him without welling up i mean vince yeah. was gonna cry <laughs> when when talking about you know what he means to him or, or describing him so yeah there's definitely a, a close uh relationship with them too and uh but I'm like I was going to actually mention that too, Bo. Is here's the whole mystery of who who's going to be the one to induct him. That's almost about as big hype build up as to the event. Yeah. <laughs> or the other person could be who he was about to talk about is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, like he he's another one that I could like be like, yeah, that guy. Everyone will associate the with Austin and the Rock, but I'm going to tell you some of his the the storylines with Austin and the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Some of the mm-hmm. best, especially with the ministry, the corporate, the ministry yeah. slash corporate ministry. I don't know what it was about the corporate ministry. Like I like that <laughs> mission of the two, the two different things. You've got the the evil corporation, but then you've got the dark forces of the ministry. I don't know why. Just something that's like one of my favorite hodgepodge facts. It was me, Austin. Yeah, it was oh, me man. the whole time. And, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the Vince came out as the head of the corporate <laughs> ministry back then, or as as the the unseen force or whatever it was. <laughs> but at the time I was so mad. Cause I'm like, well, oh. what, why doesn't Vince just go away? I was mad that he was sticking around during that time, but now I, was, I can appreciate it. And that's was, a good villain. Yeah. yeah. I was so mad because it was so obvious. You didn't want it to be him, but at the same time you were glad and you were <laughs> mad about it. I mean, I guess that's like one of the, like, yeah, the a lot of mixed moments. emotions in that, yeah. in that moment. Well, yeah. Well, on top of it, like, you know, like, uh, like I said, here we are, we're recapping our 20, 20- 20, 25 year plus old storyline. But I mean, yeah. at one point, Vince's daughter, Stephanie, gets kidnapped and they're going to do like some kind of unholy matrimony. And you're going to think, oh, you know, Vince is all concerned. You know, we got to stop this. And then it was him all along. Yeah. I, I remember being uh, so disappointed oh, in that angle. We'd love to go I, back and revisit all of that too. Oh, it's like I say, I don't know what the aesthetic was. Even like it has one of my favorite like mashup interest things that corporate ministry theme mm-hmm. of the, the No Chance. The no chance in hell and the the, the, the dark. I don't know. Like I could go on about this. This is gonna be one of our <laughs> extra Patreon rest- episodes. Exactly. Of stuff. And, hey, and guys, uh, for, for for everyone listening, Bo is very animated right now. He is <laughs> yeah. super into. I think this. they can hear it in his voice too. I mean, you can't. We can I, see I, him, but I hope this is coming through. I, I will admit, I, at times I am the more quieter of the episode, or the person in the episode. But yes, ever so often, y'all y'all uncork the bottle, and I've got let it pour out. So this is one of those things. It's. I don't know. Like today, no, uh, I get it because this uh, is du- the WWE at that time. Uh, it's just it so good. Uh, that's yes, why it's so heartbreaking that I don't feel like mm. that anymore about it. Yeah, yeah, we can feel yeah. that way about AEW now. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's yeah, it's 
<laughs> it's like yeah. Bo said, AEW is my friend now. <laughs> yeah, I, I still, I still respect the legacy of WWE slash mm-hmm. WWF. It's, I, it's, it's, you know, it's just that family member. You still love them dearly, but you wish they could do better. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah. No, that's perfect. I, I will agree with you on that. Uh, it's, you know, ha- having him going to the Hall of Fame, and then having now the rumor of Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, training and mm-hmm. potentially going to have another match at WrestleMania this uh, year. It's actually. Do we feel a little. I don't want him to. I don't want to be honest with you. I don't want Stone Cold to come back. He had a great storybook ending. There's mm-hmm. no need for him to come back, even though like, I keep hearing the rumors, him and Kevin Owens, which I really like Kevin Owens. Yeah. But still at the same time, I'm like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Stone Cold gave Kevin Owens the blessing for the stunner to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that would be great, but at the same time it's like, and, and and he's talked about it on his podcast. But when Stone Cold, when his final match, nobody except The Rock and Vince mm-hmm. knew it was his final match. Yeah, it was so good though because yeah. he tried. Like I said, The Rock tried so hard to beat him at WrestleMania, and that was their third match mm-hmm. WrestleMania. And then The Rock finally climbed the mountain and beat him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just it was like said, that's the cool thing about it. that's one thing about wrestling. It's still like one of the guys. You could lose and you still come out a winner. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it worked. It was such a good storybook ending for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I told Brock, I was like, as much as I love Stone Cold Steve Austin, he is he is my number two. And for many reasons, not just n- not for just the personality that he brought in, in what he did in that time at the WWE, but I met the man on several occasions and been on a personal level with him for a few minutes. I can't say enough good things about him and the way he would, I saw him not only with me, but interacting with other fans. He, he just, he was genuine. He he doesn't, there's no fakeness to this man. He will sit there. We sat there. There's a picture. I'm so glad I have this picture that was taken to me and that was thought to be taken of me, me and him just standing there talking to each other. And, and it was just like rewatch the Hot Wings episode or the first we feast the Hot Wings episode mm-hmm. with him the other night, and he, you know that was the same. He he made the comedy because I just I just love talking to people, and he really mm-hmm. did. I told Brock I was like I just don't know how I feel about him coming back to wrestle at WrestleMania. I mean I want to be excited about it, but at the same time I feel like I don't think we need we don't really need to do this. I'm looking forward to all the the the, the promos and the because mm-hmm. the man could still cut a great <laughs> promo and like he's he, his character is still one of the best characters ever. The I mean, the Tide cold call commercials that he's oh, doing yeah. with I see. Those, <laughs> those are some those, those, classic. those are some great commercials. But yeah, I that's why I said I just the he there's such an endurance that are this endearing feeling that I have about him that I don't know if I'm I should be more excited about this, but I'm kind of not as much as I hate to say it. I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to see him come back and wrestle. Like, well, I mean, like, like I said, you, Bo, he had a great ending. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like in the ring wise, and especially like if you watch his last few years of wrestling, uh, of years of wrestling, you could definitely tell his body was just, it's mm-hmm. beat up. I mean, the poor man got, you know, he got tombstone on his head that messed him for a while. His poor knees were just, it just, yeah. I mean, gone. Yeah, it's it's it. He was from you know there towards he was more towards the latter days of when you know they were still very you know oh we'll get out there beat each other up worry about the consequences later you yeah. know mm-hmm. and you definitely can see it in a lot of these guys now and just those go into those live events when he was a part of it 
And when you would hear that glass shatter and and just the crowd, the pop, that that pop was so magnificent. And I tell Brock all the time, I, I miss that pop. I miss that feeling. He has he has one of the best all time was when the, at the time they were battling with the ECW and WCW invading and when you know he he was supposedly been out forever and his first time he showed up in months mm-hmm. and like if you we'll, you find that clip and like you the inside of that arena sound like it exploded it, yeah. yeah I mean it should oh. it, it would it would shake those arenas I only got to see him in person once that was at the 2002 Royal Rumble in Atlanta but I, I remember when he came out then Phillips Arena just exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Like I saw him twice at once at Raw after it was uh 26 years ago. It was after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre where um he had Vince in a cage. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's when uh, Paul White, the big show, showed up. And then the other time I got to see him was uh, Armageddon where they had the six men hell on a cell. And that was really cool. And he like it's it's like he's one of those guys, like I said, much like The Undertaker. They're just mm-hmm. their guys are from a m- m- one of the last great big eras where yeah. those guys were just just I always say like. The thing about wrestling is like before there were comic book movies, I think wrestling was like the closest thing to live action comic book characters. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know oh, yeah. These, no, completely. These larger life personalities did just, you know, you get to see them do incredible stuff. And he's like one of those guys like, I mean, he was always the odd, you know, the, you know, the boss is always got to get him, you know, <laughs> you know, he's it, the odds are stacked against him. But yet, you know, he he still come out. And, yeah. The one that, you know, you weren't supposed to really like this guy. But, yeah, but <laughs> you really weren't. I mean, you weren't supposed to no. like this guy. Yeah, but that's when the crowd dictates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like not on the same level by any stretch, but like Cody Rhodes before he left AEW, <laughs> mm-hmm. he just refused to turn heel and everybody's cheering for him or everybody's <laughs> booing him because he won't turn heel. Everybody wanted well, see, to wanted him as a bad guy, but he wouldn't turn. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, that's great heel work. He was doing what they didn't like, and they were booing him. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, you know, your your heroes, uh. I, I, I told Bo we were going to bust his chops a little bit <laughs> because we went on a two-year hunt almost for, yes. for this poor guy to find these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures from NECA. Have they all arrived, by the way? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've got my, uh, the ones from Jamie. I, I got. A uh, week or so ago, okay. yeah, they're sitting so behind you've me. Got the box here, I got open up. Yeah, I've got all of them, and the ones I got from Austin are sitting behind me. So yeah, Bo surprised us last episode by revealing to us that hey, he's got them after a two-year hunt for these things. Well, NECA just announced uh, this week that they are releasing the TMNT two figures from Secret of the Ooze, and beginning March twenty-second, you've got two weeks. <laughs> you have two weeks. There's yep. no there's no limit to to the amount that they're going to produce as long as you pre-order them. Bo Bearden, you have yeah. two <laughs> weeks hey, as no, of March 22nd. NECA Direct has been great. Like I bought the uh, Token Razor two pack, the Casey and Raph two pack through them. They've been excellent. Like when I could buy it direct, mm-hmm. it was just just that evil, evil. Well, not really. evil, Just aggravating place that is Walmart. <laughs> well, you have that's, no that's excuse. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's, I have no middle wall, middleman. I have no I, wall between me and getting them. <laughs> I so. love you, and <laughs> I will, I will do whatever toy hunt must be done to fulfill your but desires. Yeah, but I really don't want to do that again. No, there's no excuse for this time. <laughs> I don't want to go to Walmart again. I, I will pre-order them because it's, it's going to be a hot time for me pre-ordering uh, Turtles figures. I just also I pre-ordered that uh, the Playmates version of the Last Ronin. 
Now, have you seen that or not? Yeah, I have. And NECA's coming out with their version of it, too. Yep, that was the other one. That's <laughs> when I was really open. That's which like, I've got to finish the last run. And I have like the, the first three issues. I think there was four or five. I know I got the first three. I got to finish reading it. Mm-hmm. But I just I love I love that. That's the other thing. But yeah, these Secret of the Ooze sets, they're going to be had. And like I said, the, <laughs> I bought the accessory pack for the, the 90s movie, which I got them through NECA. Mm-hmm. So that is no worry there. But the secret, yeah, the secret of the use extra pack. Like I said, it's it's insta buy for me. If anything, just for Raph with tape over his mouth, a little too Raph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 one of my favorite lines in that movie. But that's just because I'm a Raphael guy. You know what you're gonna have to add to this collection, right? You're gonna What's have that? to go find a vanilla ice doll. Hey, I know, I know they're out there. Go ninja, go, go ninja, ninja, go. go. Go ninja, go ninja. And I guarantee you, I would not be surprised if like some kind of loot crate gets a vanilla ice exclusive action figure. Oh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It'd be, it, it would be like Danny. Like I, Danny was one of them I wanted, but I didn't have to have. I wish they didn't do the loot crate, but mm-hmm. I have who I need. I yeah. have. I have got the four turtles, and yeah. said that, I, I hope they do more Secret of the Ooze figures. I, I, I know the one turtle figure I wish they would do is Tatsu, but I think his family's real weird about the lightning. Speaking of loot crate, I got the the spirit of Splinter through the yes. loot crate pre order, and which I could turn for a handsome profit right now. Yeah, but that the, thing is really sought after. But the problem is, is it was damaged in shipping. The box was so it's a little Ooh. bit folded in a couple of areas. Mm. I'm like, ah, oh. but still the figure is so ex- it's it's so rare and hard to find. Yeah, I could probably still make something off of it, but I'm not getting rid of it. Sorry, y'all. Nah, <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd hold on to that one for sure. Well, Kevin, you're going to get any Turtles figures? Because I know you're a big Turtles fan, too. I, you know, honestly, I don't think so. Um, I, I really enjoy their lines, but honestly, I don't collect much uh, mm-hmm. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. I, yeah. I, I tend to put the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff on my body, pretty much, in, in the form of tattoos. So, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's got, kind of my homage to, um, to, to Turtles. Yeah. Hey, you've got, you've, you've got Raph and, and who was the other? Shredder? I've got uh, Raph, Shredder, uh, Bebop, Rocksteady, and um, Casey Jones. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Maybe think we talked. I talked about pre-show, but I have to bring it up. Our good friend Ryan Dole. He's he also showed me that NECA is also starting to do some figures based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventure slash Archie comic uh, series. I've mm-hmm. got. I know they got they got Man uh, uh, Ray Ray Filet. A uh, um, couple of the other ones, but the ones me and him has been grueling about forever. Of course, this goes back to our previous topic, wrestling. There was a episode where the turtles got took out into space and put into an intergalactic wrestling federation. <laughs> they all, they, if y'all guys don't know this, I will send this to you. But it's great. Like they're uh, they have wrestling wrestling outfits, and they're not traditional wrestling outfits like you expect. Well, it's spandex, but like Raphael, he's basically uh, think the the black symbiote suit, but just no white. It's just a certain. Uh, Solid black uh, outfit. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm blanking right now. That's bad. I'm a big fan, but like I said, it's. But those are the figures me and him have talked about for years. Mm-hmm. About I want action figures of. I want action figures of the wrestling turtles. Yeah. Bo, you'll have to share that on the uh, the the front porch Facebook group. Yeah. Let okay. Us, uh, so yeah. so they can share it. Let us all know about a little bit more about it. I, I'm really interested in that too. Yeah. Kind of. I think I missed that. Yeah. He uh, he showed. He was. Uh, he watched the uh, the NECA video or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I said I. I, I'm not gonna lie. I try to be informed on a lot of things, but on top, some of it I miss it. But I'm so glad I have so many wonderful friends who are like, "Hey, you need to hear about this." So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those those will be those will be must have, especially like like Ghostbuster and, or Ghost, Turtles and wrestling figures. So those will yeah. be definitely have my. 
Yeah, that's kind of like me with with Mattel and the WWE, you know, Masters of the Universe figures. I've got I've got quite a few of those, mm-hmm. like the Sergeant Slaughter and the Stone Cold Trap Jaw version, mm-hmm. and uh, I, Stephanie McMahon have- as Evil Lynn. I have the Macho Man y'all guys gave me for my birthday, yeah. which I I love. That's the only one. Like I'm not I I liked He Man when I was younger, but I'm as I've gotten older, I don't really care about collecting it. But that was you know Macho Macho Man. I'm of not course, say no to macho yeah, man. yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bo has his notice mm-hmm. for those two weeks. He's ready to go. I say I think I, what I'll do is when I do order it, I'll post a picture of the order form to make sure I'll you know <laughs> just hide you know, like, hide all yeah. the pertinent information. Yeah. You know, don't triangulate your position like Jess was trying to do with our Walmarts locally <laughs> last episode. Which, by now, the way, I did find him some little Debbie nutty bar oh, yeah. ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and the the verdict is it was good ice cream. Did not taste a whole lot like the nutty bars. Hmm. It tasted like a weak peanut butter ice cream. Weak. It, it was it wasn't as good as the actual nutty bars, but hmm. it was good. It just didn't taste exactly like it. So recommend picking it up if you like, mm-hmm. you know, chocolate peanut butter ice cream because yeah, yeah. it's got that hint, but it's not as strong as it I wasn't mind blowing. Yeah, gotcha. it was good. Yeah, it was tasty. Now we got to track down the Christmas tree, Christmas cakes. That's ice the cream. real treasure. I'm going to bet. Uh, probably. If not, we need to find. Uh, did they come out with zebra cakes? Because that's close to Christmas tree cakes. They did, but mm. they only had um, they only had the nutty bar. When I, when I found it at the store, that was the only flavor they had. So. Anyone who's been listening and um, is not from the South, um, that you know, Christmas tree cakes are so <laughs> beloved and they're such a delicacy here that anything that a little Debbie releases is anywhere around Christmas tree cakes. It's it's we all jump on it. We kind of tend to lose our minds a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Over yeah. that sugary goodness. We lose our minds, not our waistlines. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Guys, in the Southern Apocalypse, probably. I will say, if you, if you look in my freezer, I actually managed to snag three boxes of Christmas tree cakes, and they are still in my freezer. Now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm treasure those. We finished the last treasure one those. off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, now we have to wait. No, you don't. Just just when you come over, just was, let me know, and I'll, I'll get you guys some Christmas tree cakes. I thought oh, you were going to say zebra of. cakes. Like, it's still not the same. Oh. There's God, a difference. No, there's a difference between the zebra cakes and the. That's not the, the. Yeah, it's not the same. You got the Easter cakes coming out. I mean, yeah, it's not. I, the I, same, I know. I know, <laughs> I know. It's not the same, but it's close as you he, can he's get. He's just trying to help. That's all. It's <laughs> not just. The, it's not just the texture. It's the shape, man. <laughs> and, and and look, I've got a doctor's appointment not long after Easter. I better not. <laughs> <laughs> you beat us. <laughs> Boy, your blood sugar's up a little bit. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Blame the Debbie. <laughs> my, my my friend Kevin gave me Christmas tree cakes, and it's his fault. Blame him. <laughs> oh. Well, of course, you know, it, it's been a couple of weeks since the end of the Book of Boba Fett. We've had time to stew over it. But there's another Disney Plus show we want to touch on before we get to the grand finale of The Book of Boba Fett. And a trailer was released this past week of a new movie that's coming to Disney Plus. Um, It's almost the... It's a Roger Rabbit type version. In fact, Roger Rabbit's in the trailer for Rescue Rangers. Hmm. Thoughts? Anybody? Uh, Kevin watched it right uh, before we went on 
we started recording so so they got to see my face as i was watching it and i mean okay i'll watch it but it just the, the voices yeah. don't sound right the, the voices, voices are wrong are, are this bad. is all y'all because i'll admit I, I was really not a chippendale rescue rangers watcher or fan at that time i mean i like chippendale I love the Chip and Dale cartoons, but I I didn't get into Rescue Rangers, so. Well, they sh- you're just mad because they shoved you out of the way on our honeymoon. Well, that's true. Yeah, they well <laughs> you, because you were wearing the Chip and Dale shirt just by chance. Yeah, we were walking around Disney's <laughs> Hollywood Studios, and I had on the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers shirt, thinking that they were going to be in the Magic Kingdom. Didn't expect them to see them that day inside yeah. Hollywood Studios. We turned the corner, and there they were, and I'm, I got excited. Like, we got to go take our pictures with Chip and Dale. And we get up there. They look at my shirt. They start pointing and clapping. They look at her and push her out of the way for the pictures <laughs> to get a picture with me. Uh, that's awesome. And from then on out, Jessica has a seething hatred yeah. of the rescue racers. Yeah, yeah. She, you shoved she, me, she, man. I ain't got yeah. nothing for you now. She's like, where's Donald? I need Donald to help me with these two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The, I, I'll watch it. I'm glad it's not going to be in theaters that we have to burn up an AMC uh, A-list ticket for, but I was happy as all get out to see Roger Rabbit. I was so excited to see Roger Rabbit. And then Chip and Dale talked. Yeah. <laughs> they spoke. And I was like, oh. I mean, but but really the only one that, I mean, granted, I've only seen the trailer once, but it's mainly Chip that talks. Mm-hmm. And it's he's just his voice is not right. It's not. Like we, didn't, we didn't hear we didn't hear Gadget in there. Not that I remember. Well, Wade this comes across, and I'm sure they're going to probably like do it. I think like it seems like one of those like oh we did the Rescue Rangers was a show we were characters, and this is you know years later or whatever. I don't know. Like so I'm with you guys. Like I'll watch it, but I am not excited for it at all. That's no. about the best way to describe. It. There's no oh my gosh, I gotta watch this. No, mm-hmm. it's and and Bo and I were like that was like numero yeah, that was yeah. like that that was a huge huge cartoon that for was me when i was late, a kid all the way mm-hmm. from late 80s to the early 90s we're yeah we're yeah. definitely the right time because that was around time i mean when i was a massive big, rescue rangers fan as well that was the height of the disney afternoon cartoon mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. i still had the little pvc figures from those that you could collect back oh, yeah. then and i've got a pin on my lanyard well on one of my lanyards of gadget mm-hmm. yeah I, I think those figures they came in like when they were you ordered through the box tops type thing yeah i think you, so yeah, yeah. I think I had some of them. There's no telling where they are, but I remember I had them too. Yeah, I've still got them. But I mean, I've still got my original copy of the NES game. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it was, it was, it was a big thing. Like that a lot of people don't game. realize. It. Yeah, it's the um. Like I said I don't know. Like I said I maybe. Like I said I may wind up liking it, but I'm with you. It's very the voices is the big thing, and I mean, like as far yeah. as I know, I think all the voice actors are still with us. I mean, at least I know Jim Cummings for for Monterey mm-hmm. Jack, and of course yeah. I'm, I, man, I can't think of who does Chip Wardale. I know it's the same person, I believe. I mean, it seems like what they've done. I mean, granted, I could be wrong on this, but it seems like this is just like Lonely Island's next project. Yeah, it's like their their next thing because you know that they've been kind of not doing much of anything, and I haven't heard anything from anything from them in several years. And now all of a sudden, it pops up, and it's like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers with Lonely Island, and I'm like, oh boy, that explains the the focus <laughs> and and. And the way this is going, and the thing is, I like Lonely Island, but it, but it's just not with this. Yeah, it, they're two properties. Like, I mean, I understand they're our age and they have their nostalgia for it, but their their type of entertainment to me does not kind of mesh well with Chippendale no. or no. Rescue Rangers itself. They're, they're better served with Michael Bolton. <laughs> yes, I'm okay with that. 
I, it's I don't know. Like I said, it's, maybe they'll do something or like I actually thought when they were bringing it back, it was like a new animated series, like they did for Ducktales. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was, but this is something completely different. Yeah. Well, the voicing is like the Super Mario movie that's going to be coming out. Chris Pratt as Mario is like Charles Martinet mm-hmm. still kicking it. Why not have him the real voice of Mario? I, I, don't, I don't know. You know. Well, and most people would go who? Yeah, like, and, they don't do that with Chris Pratt. Yeah, and that that's. That's the trade-off. Yeah. You know, that's yep. unfortunately the trade-off because, I mean, voice actors deserve just as much recognition. And, yes. Uh, you know. Exactly. I, I love voice actors. I, that's something I I honestly tried to crack into a few years ago, but didn't pursue it too heavily. But that's something I would like to do. I mean, my background is in radio and is in broadcast news. I love using my voice. And I I probably couldn't do it now. Well, maybe after I retire, I may see about it. but. You know, I love voice actors. And I, I don't know. It's, it's the nostalgic factor for me, having all the original voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe think with talking, dealing with that, that's sort of like what's going on with them reviving Futurama. And now, you know, that uh, John DiMaggio is kind of, you know, they're ho- he's holding out with him, which I like his argument. Like, you know, the voice actors, they're they're the main thing. Yeah. Did, did, did they ever confirm that the original writers were back on that? I don't know if it's David. Cohen or I'm not sure on that. I need to look at that because that, that's that, one of the other big thing too. Yes, the writing is it, what made Futurama. It, it won't be the same show because yeah. the thing the thing about Futurama was the writers were all like college educated, PhD. Mm-hmm. They were very very smart, and the show had that edge to it. Yeah, that you they won't be able to reproduce that with another team. I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I I haven't delved too much into this news, but you know, speaking of. Uh, you know, revivals and things like that. They're even going to, there's even talk of the uh, King of the Hill yep, coming back. Yep. And I, I love King of the Hill. And mm-hmm. uh, well, I, I've kind of gotten back into rewatching some of those lately. But so, I, but I haven't heard too much on what the, yeah. the plans are for what the, what they're going to do here far, in the future. As far as I know, my judge, my judge is going to be a very busy guy on top of reviving King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. yeah that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but Beavis yeah. and Buttheads is yeah. not going to be a show, though, is it? It's it's a movie. You know, yes, a movie and a, a short. I don't <laughs> know if it's going to be a, a revival wow. of the show again, which I hope it's. I hope it's like I said. I know the movie's supposed to be them older, mm-hmm. which I'm looking yeah. forward to. But I, yeah, but I hope. Yeah. I really hope the show is them back being to those rambunctious teenagers, and I really would love to see their take on some modern things. And that that's all going to be on Paramount Plus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paramount came out swinging on top of that. They've got that. They're talking about what, uh, like, uh, they had a big announcement. They finally showed some of the concept for Turtles, the Seth Rogen Turtles movie, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people were complaining about the designs. I love it because they're 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 hinting on the teenage. They all look awkward teenagers. I like that. <laughs> it fits. Sorry, I'm thinking about we're getting into a late tangent here on the, even later on. <laughs> That's what we do. But yeah, like that, and then uh, was it there? They announced another. They're trying to bring back the. Um, the uh, the JJ verse Star Trek movie another yes, movie yeah yeah that's yes. oh yeah that's give right give me that all day mm-hmm. I do not care what people say mm-hmm. people bag on Discovery I love just not we love Discovery mm-hmm. I think they're they're doing really well with their storylines right now it's yeah. it's a lot of fun to watch the JJ movies they're not perfect but they did the one thing that I tried to get my forever do get my wife to watch star trek she's not a big star trek person but she's watched all the jj movies with me and she's like i like these i'm like yeah see star trek can be cool yeah, it's, <laughs> you know the, to me there's nothing wrong with the kelvin timeline i absolutely it's fun love, i love it i love it well and i mean it, 
it brought it, and I, I hate to put it this way, but it brought it closer to Star Wars. Oh yes, no, um, so far as the feel yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and, and you know, JJ, that was kind of JJ Abrams is um his CV for getting the job to do you know Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, and, and it was obvious, and and it and it didn't help that when they did the movie that the the effects house the the effects house and these the sound effects were Lucasfilm. You know, it was Skywalker mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. that they were all doing that. So as soon as you heard the sound of the Enterprise, and then you just started hearing sounds out of Star Wars. So it just it just immediately if you were if you were familiar with Star Wars and you weren't much of a Star Trek fan, you still felt at home. So I think those movies brought more people that were more casual because I mean it, it's a different flavor, you know. Star Trek's mm-hmm. a little more serious. Yeah, it, it brought it was kind of like a gateway drug in a way to get people into Star Trek. And so now I'm willing to bet you've got more people that are watching Discovery as a result. But they're like, okay, Star Trek is something that's cool. I can watch this. Mm-hmm. And they get into discovery, and then you know you've got more cross pollination of the different genres. Well, was it the was it his first Star Trek movie? Was it the uh, the two thousand nine? Was it that one? Or was it Into Darkness, where you you see R two D two fly across the view screen in a debris field? Into I think darkness. Into darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, both of them had um, Skywalker sound. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That did the sound. So as soon as you like the like literally like the second sound you hear. In the movie, if I remember right, it was like something from the Skywalker Sound archives. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know Skywalker Sound was that they were the ones who did the sound. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, either Skywalker Sound did this or they got the license for it because this came from from their you know, repository mm-hmm. of sounds, their sound bank. Well, I, I'm looking forward to a fourth movie. I, I, I love that cast. You know, yeah, I mean, I, that's going to garner some clenching of teeth at me probably from a, a few people but that's okay i i love all things star trek star trek outside of batman is my first love ever and star trek is is right there with it from birth mm-hmm. brock i'm sorry speaking of batman mm-hmm. did you uh have you seen some of the shots that have leaked online mm-hmm. of, uh uh, yeah. Of Keaton? Uh, mm-hmm. Of Keaton's Batman. <laughs> the king has returned. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Y'all, I got the vapors. I got to lay down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be phenomenal to see that again. Yeah. So, yeah. like, is, is it he's turning up in both Flashpoint and the and Batgirl? Batgirl. Mm-hmm. That's like, I love it. Like, you know, we're, we're almost 30 years since he's shown up in Batman, and then now he's like, hey, what the heck? Let's get nuts. Yeah. Let me, yeah, let me just, <laughs> what are we, just a couple movies. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, now that he's warmed up doing comic book stuff again, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. having been in the, on the Marvel side now too, you know, so yeah. But now he's come home. Yeah, oh he's, my god. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he like you know, every, you know, Adam West might have been a majority of people already just first induction, but they're just Keaton, man. That's just something about his Batman that will be always great, which is so funny. Enduring, near and dear to the heart. <laughs> which I, I, like a lot of people were approaching like the casual people who don't really know are looking towards like with Pattinson becoming you know Batman like I think there, people don't realize a lot of people were not excited about Keaton to be Batman and he's become like yeah. one of my favorites mm-hmm. yeah what's this guy from Mr. Mom doing as Batman yeah yeah <laughs> and, and I'm kind of hoping that with Pattinson it'll be the same way yeah. where it's oh, like there, there are a lot of people good. who are not excited about him but the thing is, is if you've seen anything that guy has done since Twilight. Oh, he's phenomenal. Actor. Yeah, he's a good God, actor. He's amazing. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, he has more than redeemed himself. I mean, depending on what you think, I didn't think Twilight <laughs> was that incredibly bad, but I you know, to it, was, it, it, it was it was it was it was definitely teen cringy. Oh yeah, it's a product of its time, but I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, for, with with the character, I mean, look, I will freely admit, I actually read the books. I read all the Twilight books. I, I did I audio books. understand it. My wife was into it, so like that was mm-hmm. one of those things. We were dating early days of dating, so hey, you know, you know, you're yeah, something to share. <laughs> it, a very very similar story for me very similar story for me mm-hmm. um so I, I read them so because i wanted to understand the characters and um g- g- given that <laughs> did a really good job with the character because the character was as yeah. wooden as a ship yeah you know? <laughs> i will say this for the twilight series and he'll and kevin you'll back me up that you've watched them like the last movie like they come through something completely out of left field that was not in the audiobook or the book you read it was like yeah. yes yeah. Me and my oh, wife oh you mean where they fixed the story yes yes <laughs> cuz me and my me and my wife looked at it like what, what yeah what are we watching wait a minute Which I'm not gonna I remember lie, seeing you... it for the first time and and, and I thought it was like heck yeah they yeah, fixed exactly. it yeah <laughs> cuz Stephanie Meyer is is like Stephen King she cannot write a good ending <laughs> he just, he just, they just, neither one of them can do endings to books worth of crap, but they can write the content all day. It's just, she got to the end of it. She was like, eh, okay, I'm done. I don't know what to, I don't know how to end this. I'm just going to do it. Wow. It's, we just, we just took we that. Went, we had it. Your Rangers of Twilight. <laughs> you know what, buddy? <laughs> this is why you we, guys we, listen to it. Yeah, this we started why, at This rest- is why you listen to our podcast is because we can start out talking about obituaries and now we're talking about twilight <laughs> that's, that's just, not even a full circle that's just like are. that's well, grandma driving to church on sunday <laughs> look brock even if you haven't watched it, you need to watch the riff tracks version of it oh you will God. have a great time with the riff tracks versions of twilight and the, the whole there are movies i think they did all four of them i will uh i i will add it to my long list of stuff you guys have lined up yeah for me. i know <laughs> <laughs> well one series i don't have to fool with anymore oh. Which is is actually a crying shame because it it ended so well. <laughs> as Jess grabs her Grogu, what kind of name is that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett. the The season finale happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yet yeah, we're behind, uh, and that's okay. And it's going to be th- this is turning into a long tangent episode which is fantastic because it's two weeks until you hear the next one. Hey, thanks and, for hanging in here with us. Yeah. Unless you're a Patreon supporter, um, <laughs> patreon.com slash Bama geeks. Um, hey. If we get, if we get a bonus episode between now and then, maybe, I don't know. We're just, we're, we're just starting. <laughs> we're, we're going to disappoint you in some way, probably. But anyway, uh, book of Boba Fett, that season finale was fantastic. Yes. You know, the the first four episodes of Boba Fett, they had to do something. They had to give us some sort of story. But the last three episodes, chef's kiss. I, I know what the the uh, the lady of the group thought about the. Uh, <laughs> about you saw the, it firsthand, right? Oh, my goodness. Slapping I'm just, couches. I am and, just surprised we still have a couch, okay? Because <laughs> I was all over the couch, slapping and jumping up and just. Yeah, I was just happy with all the King Kong references <laughs> in in the season finale, but that's towards the end of it. But guys, how did you uh, feel about wrapping up Book of Boba Fett? Well, like it's it's definitely was one of those things where it's the episode that everything built to, and I mean, mm-hmm. 
There's a lot, a lot, a lot happens in just the, the whole thing. I'm, I don't know when I'm trying to think, I want to progress things in order. I, I watched it earlier today, which I should have it fresh on my mind, but yeah. Well, we saw the uh, aftermath of the, of the cantina blowing up and kind of them discussing hmm. the situation of how we're going to, you know, proceed with this. And the big thing is, as we established is Boba Fett is not a really good crime Lord. <laughs> <laughs> He's I mean, a crime Lord with a heart of gold. I, I love him. I mean, I'm a huge Boba Fett fan, but. My God, he's like, we need, we need, we need to do a response. Okay, what, what do we, what, what do we do? Fennec, oh, oh, what, what do we do? And then she's mm-hmm. like, and I swear, it's like she's eye rolling constantly. Yeah, she's like, I should be the one running this. But I mean, like, <laughs> basically, a lot of the memes that I've seen so far have been like, I saw one earlier that was it showed all of the characters together. It was like so good to have all of them together and at a hundred percent. And then they removed every one of them but Fennec and said, they're at 98%. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is very, she is, she is, she is the muscle. Yeah. Yep. No doubt Definitely. about it. Oh, yeah. Her, her, her and Chrysanthemum are like the big bruisers. Well, that's yeah. because she was Mulan. I can't say that I was impressed with Boba Fett's story. I really like, I mean, obviously, we've discussed this in previous episodes. I love the fact that the two major characters that I've made costumes for and done and spent a lot of hours of my life. Mm-hmm. Doing cosplay for they are now merged in a in, in crisscrossing stories, mm-hmm. um, which makes me very very happy. Yeah. Um, so that that portion of it, you know, the happenstance of it just being almost like it was tailored towards what I do mm-hmm. um, was really cool. But overall, I don't know. It it, it kind of feels like Disney watered down Boba Fett a little bit and and took a little bit of the villainy out of him. Yeah. Which I, I think that was the point they wanted to make him. A little more of an approachable character, but I don't think it resonated very well with fans um, that they did that. And it, and in the end, it kind of felt like they had to bring it. They had to throw a life preserver and bring in Mandalorian to finish out the series because they just didn't have anything else to talk about mm-hmm. to fill those episodes. Yeah, I agree. And you know, and it all built all the the finale kind of built to where where it was headed to. You know, this this war that's taking place between the. The Pike Syndicate and and Boba and this in the city and the spice running through the city. So I remember your comment, Kevin, after the episode aired, you'd make comment. Well, one of my predictions was correct, <laughs> but I liked yeah. you know I kind of liked our you know kind of theorizing where they were going to end up you know going with this. And no, we you know we didn't see the situation with with uh, Kira with the Crimson Dawn and Prince. I'm sorry, tell me the name again. Shizor. Shizor. So, Black Sun. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I mean, it, it just, I think it just tied a nice little bow on it. And of course, it, it leads us to where we're going to be headed once uh, the next season of Mandalorian picks up. But my goodness, my goodness, yeah. that baby. Yeah, just- <laughs> well, the, 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 the big thing is, is we don't have to wait to find out what happened with Grogu. Yeah. I mean, it, that right. was the big cliffhanger. Yeah. It's like, well, Grogu's going to go uh, train with Luke now. And, you know, Luke's going to make me, oh, is he going to be a Jedi? Well, does that mean that Grogu was in the Jedi Academy when Kylo went through and wrecked everybody? Well, now we know he wasn't. Right. Because obviously he chose attachment. He chose mm-hmm. to go back with the Mandalorian. So his future <laughs> is going to now be interwoven with Din's future. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, I mean, if, if Grogu survives... He better. They could they could write stories about him forever. Yeah. Yep. And Even after Din dies, they could still be writing stories about him. And I, I was laughing because it's just 
we were all talking pre-show and not just in my brain was picturing just Luke just stashing him in the X-Wing and telling R2 to <laughs> get his sorry <laughs> rear end out of here. Why did you choose him? Get out of here. <laughs> he chose attachment. He is out of here. Well, and you know, the whole thing was he was already reaching for the armor. Yeah. And then Luke was like, but wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Got a lightsaber. And it's a little one for you. And, and, and I can just picture Grogu was like, hey, and they just reached for yeah. it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just kept thinking, you know, I, I know he's wearing Beskar chain mail, but I kept thinking of Mithril from Lord of the Rings. What a- <laughs> <laughs> and how many times in that episode did we see someone actually pull his little robe down a little yeah. bit to show mm-hmm. that? I think it was at least two or three times yeah. there where it was like, hey, we want to make sure that you guys know that he's wearing it. He's yeah. Wearing yeah. It. He's wearing it. And that reveal when, you know, when, oh, when yeah. that reveal that Grogu is finally there and then he just jumps up into Mandalorian's <laughs> arms. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And and the line, yeah, that line, I missed you too, buddy. Oh, oh, now get down. <laughs> you, your heart just jumps. I and mean, then he gave him the ball back, too. He gave oh him his little God. shiny ball. He regretted that at the end of the episode, though. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I mean, just seeing, you know, we, we could talk about so much. I just want to, I'm going to just talk about Grogu and then what he well. did and and you know, helping. Well, to, that was the whole point, right? Helping yeah. to save the day. Is, yeah, it, it was to bring Grogu back and make sure that we're lined up for the next season. And you know, obviously, we saw the other big thing was Cad Bane. Oh, Dave Filoni, he he directed the episode as it was. I think he directed the last one too, didn't he? No, I think Robert Rodriguez did. Oh, he did. Yeah. The last, okay. Mm-hmm. So 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 uh, Dave Filoni directed the episode where we actually got to see yeah. Cad Bane, mm-hmm. right? But the the thing is, is um, and I think we discussed this in our last episode. But there was a there, there was a scene that really never got filmed or that never never got uh, released uh, that was supposed to be in the Clone Wars, where Cad Bane taught Boba Fett so that he could get him old enough so that he could gun Boba Fett down and say that he killed a Fett mm-hmm. because he was never able to kill Jango because Jango got decapitated. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when Cad fell and his hat fell off, he had a metal plate. In, on his head, um, which means that that fight happened. Hmm. Okay. The whole doing the dent and everything that yeah. was supposed to be where Boba Fett got the dent in his helmet was from Cad shooting him in the head. So that apparently that, I mean, it wasn't an overt reference, but mm-hmm. I would think that would make that what was supposed to have happened, that that battle canon at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if they don't mention that at some point. If they bring Cad back, they may do like a revisiting of that to just kind of make you feel why cad doesn't like boba fett because boba fett nearly killed him okay but cad gets killed but then when he he falls down and then you start seeing something blink on his chest and it's like all right a cad's an old man he's in his 70s but he ain't dead yet he'll be back yeah and then we get to see Cobb vanth who gets gunned down by <laughs> cad we get to see him at the end and then the, the the scene at the very end where he is in the actual back to tank so hopefully we'll get to see Cobb and uh, Cad squared off again. That would be really nice. That, see uh, that scene with and... Cobb Banth at the end, though, it makes me, it's kind of like he's become, he's going to become the next $6 million man. Gentlemen, Dude, we can, we can rebuild just... him. We have the technology. We can make him better than he was. Better, stronger, I... faster. I'm just glad that we get to see Timothy Oliphant some more. Oh, okay? yeah. I so freaking just... love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thank goodness his face is still properly intact. <laughs> and that really hair. <laughs> and the hair. <laughs> so I had a I had a question and I did I did zero research on this. The two gigantic droids that came in and just ripped apart the the town. Annihilator droids. Okay. Where are those from? I've I've seen them before, haven't I? They look very inspired by other things. Like they're very kind of like I've seen some people make reference. They look like some of like the the big uh they look very similar to the big uh all the the big Terminators, like the original Terminator T two. They look very inspired by the Terminator uh giant robots of the future. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of I've seen a lot of people, they look very similar to, but they also look very similar to those droids, the the rolling droids from uh the prequels with the shield. Why I'm trying and, to remember what they're from. I'm, I'm looking it up. And you remember. you had mentioned Prince Seashore, you know, from Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And that jumped out at me. I, it's been years since I played that game, but that jumped mm-hmm. out at me of, of having to fight droids at some point like that in some video game. And it's just my old brain probably misfiring like normal. But it did look a lot like droids you would get from the game, but I think that it was more heavily inspired by the Trade Federation and okay. um, uh, so, some of the some of the, the droids there. Okay. Um, I don't remember where I don't remember what they were from because they were they they were pulled out of because they existed before this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't remember what show they were. I'm sure someone in uh, in our uh, our front porch group could probably uh, clarify that for me. But uh, yeah, they had they had two of those annihilator droids, and those things were formidable. Yeah, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm, I'm sitting down watching this, and I'm going, "Guys, it's an energy shield. Just walk through it. <laughs> it's literally there to black to block blaster bolts." And apparently, they figured that out too. So it was also a physical and an energy shield, so mm-hmm. they couldn't just go through it without yeah. draining the power enough. And I was like, "Okay, that that's cool. Yeah, that's something you don't see very often." I was just happy to see Weakway show up again. <laughs> Weakway! I, I, I know that's not his name, but I know it's a species, but I love Weakway. And that's because I've got the uh, the vintage collection Java Skiff. And I've been, I had gone on a, during, during the uh, pandemic, Jess and I would go to, to old uh, antique malls and stuff like that and try to find the figures that actually go on the Skiff. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest ones for me to find was Weakway. But I found them and that's just, that's my man. He just kind of hides a, he has a, he's near and dear to our heart because yeah. we've searched for him for quite a while for back then. But speaking of, of big things, we finally got to see Boba right in on the Rancor. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen and it happened. It and happened. it was glorious. And uh, got to see a, uh, <laughs> we got to see what kind of damage a loose Rancor can do in a city. <laughs> He comes over the top of that building. He's holding the he's holding the speeders. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it was just like, look what I found. <laughs> like I said, that whole that whole sequence, all I could hear a C three PO on my head going, "Oh, the Rancor!" That's all I could hear. My brain kept going there. So I, I've said this before, but the thing to keep, to remember about this Rancor is that that is an adolescent Rancor. Yeah, yeah. they get bigger than that. They get a lot bigger than that. So you're talking about a, 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 not quite the size of King Kong, but mm-hmm. a, they get really big. Yeah. I mean, there there are there are pictures of Dathomirian witches riding on the backs of these things, the fully grown ones, and they are massive. <laughs> 
Well, it did uh, did have a lot of shades of of King Kong there when he kind of climbed oh, yeah. climbed to the top mm-hmm. of the tower there, and uh, but our our sweet little baby just <laughs> had to step in and tell him, okay. It's it's kind of time look, we simmer down now, okay? Dad, Just simmer down. Look, look, Dad, I learned something. Check me out, Dad. I, I learned something. Watch this. Look, I, you know that guy that, that that threw me in the X-wing and kicked me over here? He taught me that I can do this. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna raise my precious little hand here. Uh, Bo and uh, Bo posted that picture in yeah. our, our private chat <laughs> that was, of Crocodile Dundee with a bull. Yeah, that, that's all I could think of. The I whole was time. laughing so hard at that. <laughs> Yeah, but I, the the one I like yeah. the most is the okay, big yeah. guy. Sun's getting real low. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like said, Kevin did the great meme. Of, Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? And then he just he just it it just it took a lot out of him. He needed to lay down and take a little nap too. So he just curls right up next to him, and they they just have a little nap. You know, I know those. It's been feels. a big day. I know those yeah. feels getting older. <laughs> You just gotta just but, eventually just sit down and go forget it and take a nap. Yeah, but he literally just calmed a massive death machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Something I mean, that that's gonna take it out of anybody. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's getting better. He's obviously exercising that force muscle, and he's getting better with the way he can do bigger things. So yeah. you know, it, it won't it won't be long. We're gonna see we're gonna see Grogu. And the, the cool thing about Grogu, think about this. You know, he was with Luke long enough to learn some things and remember more than he learned, right? Mm-hmm. So he remembers a lot of the things, but his interpretation of the Force is always going to be clouded by all the stuff that he saw during Order 66. Um, all, so the, his, it's always going to be with attachment, which doesn't always mean that you're going to be, you know, you're going to go to the dark side. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that. I think Grogu is going to be Lucasfilm's way of doing like, a gray Jedi in a way where it's like, yeah. you're not good. You're not bad. You just mm-hmm. use the force. And right. I think that's how he's going to be. Well, right. Grogu may never even have a lightsaber. He may never have a lightsaber. It may never be a thing. It may just be that he's like a force sage in mm-hmm. a way. And he just uses, uses it intelligently, but also reactionary. Yeah. I like, and, I like the thought of that. I really do. Because he chose the attachment and chose Din. Do we see Luke again at some point for any reason? Maybe not. I mean, I, I kind of think that this kind of wraps things up with Luke in yeah. in the story. I would think we will see Ahsoka again. Yeah. Oh heck yeah. Oh yeah. That's. Um, yeah. I mean, that is for guaranteed at this point. I mean, right. we're definitely going to see her again. But Luke, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see him anymore. But I, I, I will be surprised if we don't see more of Luke. In Ashoka's series, mm-hmm. uh, that's true. I think that's going to happen. That's true. I mean, yeah. I, we have. I mean, especially now that they've actually. And I was kind. I was wrong the last time we talked about this because the 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 actual actor who they used in um in in these episodes wasn't just a a body stand-in. They literally have an actor now who, mm-hmm. from head to toe, is Luke Skywalker. They did. They had to do very very minimal CG. He does. The, they do a little bit of makeup, do a little bit of prosthetic, just a little bit. And this guy is is actual Luke Skywalker. He does like it's a stand in a Mark Hamill. So it's not like they're pulling a a Tarkin where they had a body double and then they just changed the face. Mm-hmm. This yeah. guy. So so it's an actual actor that is actually doing the job. So they've got a guy that can do it now. So I mean, it would be mm-hmm. silly for them not to capitalize on that and bring more Luke in. Plus, they can tell the story 
and it reinforces the build up to Kylo. Mm-hmm. Like where yeah. how did the Jedi Order start? Right. The Jedi Order start had and think about it, guys. They could bring in other characters like Mara Jade. There already been very casual hints at potentially bringing in Mara Jade, which was originally uh, Luke's wife. She was mm-hmm. the uh, emperor, you know, the emperor's hand. So they could potentially bring her in, and that I mean, they could they could rewrite all this to the point <laughs> where Mara Jade existed and then she died before Kylo was born, or, or she was killed by. I mean, they could do anything with this. Mm-hmm. So that so, yeah, that, I, yeah, we have definitely not seen mm-hmm. the last of Luke, but I think we've seen the last of him in Mandalorian. For sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no need for him. Now, I mean, now that he just basically his, was like, I'm yeah, I mean, done his, with this kid. Right, right. Yeah. He's out. I mean, he, which, that, well, that was his know, tie to the Mandalorian situation. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know why they did that. And if you think about it, it's, it's kind of a cold way of doing it, especially since he kind of said, I'll protect him. But what would have happened in that show had Luke showed up on Tatooine? If he'd have been with him, he would have stayed. And then the whole thing would have been about Luke. Yeah, mm-hmm. just it would have been That's about true. some guy with a lightsaber mowing stuff down, and and the whole focus that John Favreau has done with this is like, yeah, lightsabers are cool, but the main characters don't use them as you know. We've got the dark saber, but it's it's kind of a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it that they've they've made a point to make it different. Like the lightsaber, you know, the the dark saber's heavy. It's got a weight to it. It feels different. You know. Um, they're, they're, they're making a point to make it different from Jedi or the, the eccentric wizards like that, like we knew they were whenever we first saw Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, I do think we've seen the last of them in Mandalorian, but yeah. you know, we saw the Darksaber and I mean, <laughs> who knows? Grogu may, I mean, I, I just want to see, it's going to be hilarious to see if Grogu with his little big hands trying to hold that big old Darksaber <laughs> do something with it. <laughs> Oh, and the that ending, you know, we had to me, I was going to say before we get to the, you know, that that particular part, that ending. But, mm. you know, when 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 the war is over and they're walking back through the town and Boba and Fennec and then everybody kind of comes together there. It was very sitcom kind of. Yeah, to it me. Was, it's like, it? hey, hey, Black Kristen, here's a melon for you. And it's like, uh, yeah, you, I kind of like. You kind of wanted to see that cheesy, you know, sitcom ending yeah. to something. It did. Did you it just, just seem like that to y'all too? You just it wanted a laugh track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Whenever he threw the melon over to Chrysanthemum, I was like, "Sometimes you want to go where, where everybody knows your name." <laughs> and, I, and it started popping. I mean, so I yes, one hundred percent. It felt very sitcom, and I was like, "I'll be that's there the case for in how are, you." Yes, <laughs> it's just. Or or Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't want to win. <laughs> I don't know. Just something about that was just kind of like, eh, okay, you got this, you know, this <laughs> killer Wookie here and this bounty hunter. It's like we're tossing melons at each other. It's just this okay. is the way. And this is the way. And then apparently this is the way. And I mean, and and, and it just kind of makes you think how if they decide to do more Book of Boba Fett, which they did call this season one. They didn't call it special mini series like they're yeah. doing the obi-wan series where they're like they were clearly not being any more right so if they decide to do more then i guess that means it'll be boba fett with fennec with chrysanthemum with the power rangers with you know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well 
But afterwards, we got the best little ending. You know, that was <laughs> tap, tap, tap. No. Tap, tap, tap. Oh. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Okay. Hey, One last time. <laughs> and I, guys, I, I still can't get over the fact that the Mandalorian is flying around in a Naboo starfighter. Oh, that's great. That still blows me. And, and as soon as he put the thing, we all knew it was going to happen. Because mm-hmm. as soon as he put the thing together, it had this really nice little that's- spot in the back back there where a little creature could sit there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we know he's not going to choose the lightsaber. He's got a ride in the ship. That area was designed oh. for Grogu. Mm-hmm. That is his spot. <laughs> and they ride off to yeah. pursue their adventure. We have no idea where he's going. Maybe he's going back to Luke. Tell him to suck it. (laughs) He chose me. He chose me. He chose me. (laughs) He just, he slows down and go for Luke's new Jedi, what, temple or whatever he was building out there. and just puts his his finger in his thumb (laughs) in the shape of an L of his forehead. Hey, now. Hey, now. You're Mm -hmm. you're an all-star. Hey. He does. He pulls a top gun and flies in upside down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've already discussed Cobb Vance, so we've gone into the to the after credits scene. So there yeah. we go. Book of Boba Fett is is over, wrapped up. So season two of Mandalorian or season three of Mandalorian is what later this year? Well, I think around like the late. Really. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm, I'm, I'm sure November, December mm-hmm. is just, yeah. as always. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything Star Wars is now directly about Obi-Wan. And and I May. don't know I don't know why they didn't do some sort of teaser trailer of the Super Bowl. With them announcing it and announcing a date and everything, we kind of everyone was kind of assuming they would do something at the Super Bowl, but they didn't. Yeah. So I uh, you know, hopefully maybe we'll get something here soon. But it just still kind of blows my mind that they d- didn't decide to release it on May the fourth. That would have been the most perfect time. To do the first episode. Oh, yeah. They, they do the Wednesday thing. Right. Yeah. So. Well, guys, we've had a very fun episode, you know, save for some remembrance. But anything else you guys want to touch on before we ride off to the sunset ourselves? Nothing over here on this corner. Yeah, I think I got all my scatterbrainness out through the, <laughs> through the episode itself. I, will, I, I do want to say it was really, really cool to see Bo get so passionate about <laughs> That was the first time I think I've ever seen that. And it was just like the coolest thing to see because he was so happy. I wish you guys could have seen it in this episode. Oh, he was oh. so happy. But just remember that the, the, the videos of our of our chats exist. Mm-hmm. They're recorded Ooh. by Zoom. So I don't know. Go to the old people's TikTok. You might see it. Maybe. Mm. Could be a video short on YouTube, mm. right? Mm. You, you might get to see Bo just get all happy. <laughs> happy Bo. Happy. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, every now and then y'all strike a chord with me. I don't know. Like I said, it's just that, that's still that at Era Wrestling is special. Like well, I said, just mm-hmm. look. I, I actually wrote down the timestamp at two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You so might that's, get that's, to see was, that's, that's the part of me, like I was saying, y'all were worried about. We didn't have, you know, back in the day, we didn't have videos and stuff. So that might have been part of it still. I'm trying to get creep back out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got soft in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to wrap up this episode. And uh, the next one uh, is going to be a, a big one. You're going to see us. And, ah. you know, if you uh, if you join patreon.com slash Bama Geeks, 
You'll get the entire episode on the video. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll post clips of the next episode. But look forward to that. Look forward to actually uh, seeing you for the next one. And uh, I almost wanted to be like well, Mr. Rogers. You know, we'll have things we want to talk about. You, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I don't. I, for, I forget the theme song. But yeah, won't you be my neighbor on the front porch, Bama Geeks front porch on Facebook? Join the conversation and uh, patreon.com slash Bama Geeks and then at Bama Geeks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs> we're so sorry to the youngins. We've <laughs> no, we're not. Your, no, we're not really. Yeah. Well, guys, let's say goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Take care, folks. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>